the Whatever Survey Podcast with your host, Adam Robinson. Hey everybody, this is Adam Robinson, host of the Whatever Survey Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Um, Today i got a really special episode um, that I'll get into in just a second. But first and foremost, I wanted to say thank you for subscribing if you have. Or if you haven't, I urge you to subscribe. Um, This is a really fun outlet, and I hope that you're enjoying it. Um, This is the second ever episode. first episode um, detailed the third album by the Foo Fighters, There's Nothing Left to Lose. A lot of you who did listen gave me some really good feedback, and I appreciate that. I have taken it all to heart. I'm uh, trying out some new things recording-wise, so you may hear some some improvements, hopefully, uh, here and there. Uh, today you'll, you'll hear my very first co-host, and um, hopefully that works out and comes across well. I think it will. Um, full disclosure, we already recorded our part. And it was a lot of fun. Really cool conversation with my brother, Ben Robinson, about the WWE event, Greatest Royal Rumble, that happened on April 27th. So we're a few days late, but we had a lot of fun talking about it. So I hope that you'll enjoy and and listen in. And please let me know what you think. Uh, With that, I will plug real quick the Anchor app or the Anchor.fm website. Anchor is the platform I use to record these podcasts. So if you go to their website, you can actually um, favorite my show, and you can leave me voice messages, and I can answer them live. And uh, so hopefully next week, whatever the topic is, I hope to be able to to do that. And um, so yeah, just go on there, leave me a message. If you don't, no big deal. I do appreciate any um, subscriptions. Uh, <laughs> subscriptions, I guess that's the right word. Yeah, subscribe to me. I'm uh, currently on the Anchor app. You can you can listen there if you don't have a dedicated podcasting app. I do know I am also on Apple, uh, iTunes, podcasts, the podcast app. If you have an iPhone or iPad or anything like that, you can you can listen to me there. Or my personal favorite podcasting app is overcast so i'm there um i think i'm a couple more places too i'm pretty sure it will be broadcast on spotify at some point so um be on the lookout for that and i'm not going to dilly dally any longer i'll just get right into the episode so uh stay tuned it's a lot of fun and thanks so much for listening hey everybody welcome to episode two of the whatever survey podcast uh, today we're going to be talking about the greatest Royal Rumble, and that was a pay-per-view event from this past Friday, which was April 27th, 2018, and uh, that took place in Jeddah, Saudi Arabia, at the King Abdullah Sports City Stadium, I think that's right, and uh, anyway, unlike episode one, I'm not going to be doing this solo, I have a special guest today, it is uh, my brother, Ben Robinson. Ben, say hello to the listeners. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure to be here on the Whatever Survey podcast. And I'm really excited because this is the first episode of Let Me Tell You Something, Brother. That's right. That's our segment. That's our wrestling segment. Uh, Let me tell you something, brother. Uh, couldn't be happier to start that off with you. Um so I, I, I will throw a, 
a little disclaimer here. So the Whatever Survey podcast is going to be uh, just about a lot of different things. You know, music like last week, wrestling this week, and uh, lots of Hulk Hogan impressions, I'm sure, from Ben. And uh, it'll be a, it'll be a fun thing. Uh, you know, we're going to dive into some more things as the weeks go on. And uh, I plan to have a lot of a lot of co-hosts on here, but uh, I couldn't be happier to have um, my little bro as my first ever a co-host. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and get started. Um, first things first, I wanted to ask, what did you think of the arena itself in Saudi Arabia? I thought that the arena looked amazing. It was huge. Everything about it was unreal. The I really liked the open roof. The screens they had everywhere was amazing. You know, I've been to some shows recently, and, you know, here in our smaller places, you you, you know, they don't even really utilize the, the screen anymore. So if you're in the crowd, if you're at the top, you can't really see much what's going on. Man, everybody had a great view at this place. The firework displays were on point. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought the same thing. And one thing that stuck out to me, tell me if you agree with this. That set looked like the Monday Nitro set. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you I noticed that. that. Lots of like metal and stuff, which I think is really cool. Uh, I, I wish they would go back to that sort of that sort of set because, you know, WWE these days looks really uh, just sort of homogenized. It's, it's very samey every week. Every pay-per-view looks the same. So really any kind of, you know, any kind of difference stands out. Yeah, and what about the couches in the front row? What did you think about those? Uh, looked super comfy. It did look super comfy. I'm not sure I would want to clean up those couches when everybody's done. <laughs> I've seen some wrestling fans uh, lately. Last time I went, I saw the types of wrestling fans that spring for those uh, high-priced seats, and I don't know if you'll ever get that smell out. Yeah, they'll probably just take them out back and burn them. They should. They really should. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and jump right in to the show. Uh, it started off with, I mean, a, a huge match, regardless of what you might think of either of these guys, Triple H versus John Cena. Um, I mean, they're two of the biggest names ever in WWE. And, uh, yeah, they did the first first uh, match of the night. Um, so I think uh, – so I know you and I both made some notes about this show. Um, I thought it was pretty funny that Triple H comes out first. Uh, I mean, it's no secret that Triple H kind of has an ego or maybe the fan, us fans just think he has this huge ego or something, but it did make me laugh. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, I think it made him look major league, made this look like a, a big event by having two of your top stars for the past, you know, 15, 20 years, uh, coming out and starting the show off. Yeah. And also uh, I'll throw a disclaimer, another disclaimer out there. Uh, you know, there's a lot of wrestling podcasts out there and this isn't a wrestling podcast, but we're going to talk about it tonight. Um, they like to crap all over WWE and I don't want to do that. I, I still enjoy wrestling. I still enjoy WWE, but I do still like to pick at triple H. Uh, I do respect the guy. He's, he's been there forever and he's a, he's a really good wrestler too. Kind of, underrated i think he's not like the most flashy or exciting guy but he's he's still really good and he's he's getting up there in age too at this point but 
Anyway, uh, John Cena came out second, and that roof exploded. Or I guess they didn't really have a roof, but that place exploded. It was super crazy loud for John Cena. Yeah, and that was the good kind of explosion, not the type you might expect in Saudi Arabia. Hey. So <laughs> the, the kids on the stage looked super pumped. The crowd, I mean, they kept showing, panning to the uh the crowd and I mean the kids looked amazed that they were actually seeing John Cena. Yeah, it really looked like a big deal. The adults didn't care, but some of them seemed like they were into it. Maybe those were the guys in the cheap seats. Yeah, probably. Which at a stadium that big, I'm sure there's plenty of cheap seats. Uh well one thing that I I laughed and it's funny that you mentioned the adults didn't seem to care because after that huge pop for John Cena when he comes out um, I <laughs> noticed pretty quickly a Cena sucks chant. <laughs> it, it's nice to know that, you know, people in the U S people in the UK and Saudi Arabia, we can all kind of agree on one thing. Uh, yeah. It's a universal language. Yeah. Cena sucks. Cena sucks. Um, let's see. So, well, I guess before I jump to my next point in the, in the notes, what did you think of the match overall? I thought that this was a total house show match, not saying that in a bad way, but this was the first of many uh, things that I noticed about this where I thought they could have just called this the greatest house show instead of the greatest Royal Rumble. I, I thought it was a good match. It was entertaining, but there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of stuff going on just to, to toy with the crowd and, and uh, you know, get a reaction. And it was cool. You know, you don't normally see that stuff on the network. So, I mean, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. No, I'm really glad you said that because that's exactly what I thought. I watched it and I was, I was entertained. I enjoyed the match, but it was such a house show match. It's like the playing to the crowd that triple H did the, uh, you can't see me in John Cena's face and, and all that. But what was weird, it was a total house show match, but they still did the WrestleMania kickouts, um, throughout the match. (laughs) It was kind of weird, but you know, it was a neat, it was a neat match. It was neat, like you said, to see that on the, the network because uh, I, I personally think, I mean, they have live events all the time, house shows. They could put all that stuff on the network. They, you know, they could make some some money off of that stuff, a little bit more money than just what they're drawing live at the gate, I would think. I don't know. Um, as far as actual like parts of the match, I only really wrote a, a note about it's funny because I think in my notes, I wrote a lot of uh, things that I saw that were messed up in the, in the matches. And uh, I noticed when Cena did tried to do his leg drop from the top rope and um, triple H quote unquote caught him and power bombed slash spine bustered him. Yeah, it was a total miss. <laughs> it was a total miss. And it was really fun. That was kind of a theme for the night too, actually. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I had a couple couple observations on this one, too. Uh, number one, I think it was probably a, a plus for this match that there's a language barrier because Triple H was screaming out his cues to John Cena. Yeah, You could just, like, hear everything. He would whip him into the ropes. He'd say, you know, spine buster or whatever. Like, you could totally hear it. <laughs> yeah, he did that at Mania, too, with Kurt Angle. Yeah, I think he's like losing his hearing or something. Yeah. And speaking of losing stuff, John Cena's bald spot—I don't know if you noticed it. Yeah. 
It, it was like almost as big as Triple H's. <laughs> and he's bald completely. Yeah, I know. Uh, John Cena's bald spot is just getting bigger and bigger every every uh, every event I see him on. Like he should just keep his hair. I guess he he must be getting ready for a movie role or something because it's it's he's growing it out a little bit. But that that spot he needs some just for men or something. And just for men, if you're listening, uh, you can you can sponsor this podcast. So I saw Triple H brought back the crotch shop in this yeah. match. I'm just glad to see he didn't get stoned to death for <laughs> for that one. Well, you can do that, but you can't show Carmilla for two seconds on the screen, apparently. Yeah, controversy yes, with that one. Controversy. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and jump on to the next match, um, which was uh, for the Cruiserweight Championship, and that was Cedric Alexander versus Kalisto. Um, I don't have a whole lot of notes on this one. It was not a bad match. It was, uh, it was pretty fun. It wasn't super long, um, which is good because, you know, the flippy dudes get a little old after a while, but, um, I don't know. I've never been a huge fan of Kalisto, but I'm glad he's doing something other than teaming with Sin Cara. Hey, I got to say Kalisto's tights. He was wearing some uh, green and black tiger print. I thought they looked there was, pretty cool. Looked a lot like Brian Pillman's on yeah, the year. That's cool. And pl- there was a lot of green and black going on. Uh, I, yeah, I guess that's like a got, got Saudi be, Arabia uh, thing. I know. I'll jump ahead a little bit, but I know in that big ladder match there was a whole lot of green and black. I know Samoa Joe and uh, uh, Rollins were both wearing green and black. Um, do you have any notes about this match? Yep. Anything you want to talk about specifically? Yeah, I've got a few takeaways. I'll, I'll start from the top. So actually, before this match got underway, they were doing a little profile of the city of Jeddah, and they mentioned the motto for Jeddah. Did you happen to hear what that was? Uh, no. Their motto is, Jeddah is different. <laughs> so that's cool. I guess that's better than their old motto. Jetta is the same old, same old. <laughs> Jetta shrug. <laughs> I did see in the yeah, Cena and Triple H match. I did see a sign that said Jetta is too sweet. <laughs> I'm sure that they volunteered to do that one. <laughs> oh my god! Some... What else did you think about? So. Well, they kicked this one off by mentioning that, uh, you know, Kalisto has been involved in like no storylines and Buddy Murphy was the guy who has been feuding with, uh, Cedric Alexander. So they started off the match by saying that he didn't make weight, which I'm just wondering when did LaParka make weight? <laughs> when did El Dandy make weight? When did Silver King make weight? Like, should I go on? If you can. So, <laughs> no, nah, I think those are my yeah. only three I wrote down. Um, also noticed during this match that uh, Cedric Alexander, like, drop-kicked Kalisto's head off. Yeah, I don't I know did. if you saw it, but it was one of the it was one of the most vicious-looking drop-kicks I've ever seen in my life. It was better than Maven's. Wow, that's quite a drop-kick. That's quite a compliment. Better than Maven's. Uh, yeah, Cedric yeah. Alexander's very good. Um his match, it, yeah. I don't really. 
I was saying I don't really remember the the last minute of the match, but I wrote in here that it was really cool. Yeah, um, I have a couple things, a couple little notes about the end of the match because, uh, like you said, the really good drop kick from Cedric and then uh, Kalisto um, did a really cool tornado DDT. Um, you don't see those enough. Uh, I wish that would win matches here or there. I'm channeling JR and Stone Cold by saying that. People sh- shouldn't kick out of it. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't kick out of DDTs and uh, uh, but yeah no it was a really cool match I, I agree those those guys are, are cool I don't know what the, uh, the fans thought about it I think they liked it but it was a little they were a little flat for it but I don't know they probably really just wanted to see the big stuff yeah they probably had no idea who these guys <laughs> yeah. were um, alright well let's move along um Next, we had Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt taking on Sheamus and Cesaro. Um, yeah, so when these guys came out together, I have a couple uh, a couple notes about yeah. their intro. Number one, not totally on board with like remixing their music together. They started off with Matt Hardy's music for about five seconds, and they switched to Bray Wyatt's, and then they switched back, and... Uh, it seems kind of corny. Yeah, well, I, I agree. I hate when they do that. I feel like the only reason they shoehorned Bray's music in there at all is because they wanted to get the, as Michael Cole would say, fireflies uh, in Jetta. Yeah. I that's think that's the only point. reason they did it because it sounded really dumb. Like, really dumb. And, and normally, whenever they slam two people's musics together, it does sound dumb, but this was extra dumb. <laughs> yeah. Also noticed uh, at the beginning, uh, Matt Hardy was mouthing the word the words to <laughs> yeah. his music, and that totally flashed me back to a couple weeks ago when I saw Grandmaster Sexay live and in person, and he has the worst ring music I've ever heard in my life, and he sings along to it on his way to the ring. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me in the least bit. <laughs> Grandmaster Sexay is kind of a, yeah. If you a ever know, like. <laughs> If you ever want to waste two minutes of your life, look that up on YouTube and uh, yeah, I won't. Yeah, try not to pull your ears off. <laughs> yeah, I won't do that. Um, so okay, they came out like like you said, it was weird that they shared ring uh, music. I, I think it's just kind of weird that they're a tag team anyway. I. I I liked Matt by himself, but I didn't want him uh, involved with Bray because Bray's just kind of boring at this point. Uh, I mean, Bray used to be pretty cool, and then you realize he says the same stuff every week and doesn't amount to anything, and he loses all the time. So, you know, don't really need him shoehorned with him. But I guess there's not too many bizarre, strange characters on, on wrestling uh, these days, so... They should have paired him up with Gold Dust. That would have been cool. I would have liked that. I would like to see Gold Gold Dust at the compound. But I mean, apparently Matt Hardy's on a quest for ooh. gold. Get you a gold partner. Man, yeah, they need to drop Bray pretty quick. Um. Well, so they 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 made their entrance, but then we get the bar. Um. You know the it's the bar is weird. I don't hate them, but I don't like them. I like Cesaro, but Sheamus, okay, and this is going to sound really insensitive, but I thought Sheamus was hurt really bad. 
and was going to retire like months ago. <laughs> and yet he's still out here kicking people's faces <laughs> off with the brogue kick. Really sloppy. I've kind of come around on Seamus. I think he's pretty good. Uh, I'm not, you know, buying tickets to go see him or anything, but I think he's all right. Yeah, I mean, he's he's better than some, but uh, he's better than somebody who's in the next match. Uh, but but he's, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. Something about Seamus. Just not a big fan. But, uh, it, okay, here's something I that bothers me so bad. Michael Cole, which... I could just stop the sentence right there. Michael Cole is the worst. <laughs> Remember earlier when I said we weren't going to crap all over WWE? Uh, I can't say I'm Michael Cole. I don't like his, how he, he hates the whole uh, Matt Hardy gimmick. Like he talks about it like he did yeah. Daniel Bryan a few years ago. I kind of tuned him out. I will say he, uh, he kind of won me over a little bit on this show because he kept pulling up these random stats that meant nothing. <laughs> that was a little entertaining. He did. And, the, and speaking of which, <laughs> I'm laughing just thinking about it. <laughs> he mispronounced the name of, a, of a, a tag team, Los Guerreros. He called them Los Gen Arrows. He literally <laughs> said Los Gen Arrows. Nice. And I had to stop That's it and good. rewind and play it again and write it down because so so stupid, Michael Michael Hole. Well, I did a double take at him too. At some point in the show, he said Sergeant Slaughter was dead. <laughs> I had to Google that. I was like, wait a second, when did he die? But he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I think Corey Graves said uh, he was just with us last week. <laughs> backstage or something yeah Michael Cole um I don't have too many notes other I actually just went through all my notes on this match which is nothing about the match except for the very last thing which is uh the finisher for Matt Hardy and Bray Wyatt I am not really sold on that yeah I put in my notes that the finish was a popcorn fart oh, there you go with no cheddar or butter it's just <laughs> Hey, I do have I do have a couple other uh, notes on this one. Um, the um, they did try to do a dueling chant. You know, Matt Hardy does the delete yeah. chant, and uh, he was in the ring. Cesaro was in the ring, and Matt Hardy did delete. And then Cesaro tried to get this crowd to chant with him by saying the bar. <laughs> That's not a That's chant. Not a chant. That's a really bad tag team name <laughs> yeah so yeah that didn't happen and then uh my my biggest takeaway from this match this referee is awesome i don't know this guy's name but he's like teddy long jr oh, yeah. and he i think that he is like the best referee you could possibly put into a tag team match because he sits here and he totally you know, buys in to everything that they're doing. Like, you know, whenever one partner distracts him so the other guy can cheat, whenever, you know, the um, the good guy comes in, he'll, like, spend an ungodly amount of time trying to get him out of the ring so the other guys can just, you know, 
beat the hell out of <laughs> whoever. I think this dude is great. <laughs> I would love to see him referee a big match with the Revival because they're like the masters of Yeah, I agree. Referee. No, that would be cool. I don't think I paid any attention to who the referee was, although I only know the names of like two referees now. Because they, they never they never announce yeah, who I, they are. Yeah, no idea what this guy's name is, but if you, you know, ever have nothing to do with your life and you want to go back and watch mm-hmm. this match again, you'll probably enjoy it for the referee. And it's kind of funny to actually say this out loud, but I just spent 30 seconds to a minute talking about how awesome this referee is because he's terrible <laughs> at his job. Is he as bad as, did you see when Carmella cashed in her money in the bank briefcase? Uh, uh, so she vaguely. cashed in her briefcase and I, I, let me, let me back up. She tried to cash in her briefcase, but what actually happened was that she handed the briefcase to the ref who kept saying like, what do you want me to do with it? What do you want me to do? And he was looking at the crowd <laughs> and looking back at her and looking at the crowd and looking back at her and she's screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah, I think I did see that. I kind of missed the days, you know. Now they they make the champions stand up and get ready yeah. for the match. Kind of missed the days when Edge would sneak in there and just steal it. <laughs> That's exactly what I thought of because he did that all the time. <laughs> he won so many belts by just being sneaky. Oh man. Okay. Well, let's move on. Let's, let's delete, delete this. I match. wish we could delete this next match because. It was uh, young Jeffrey Hardy against who I once called my favorite jobber, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> I know I told you that Jinder Mahal was my favorite jobber, uh, and maybe like two weeks later, he was number one contender for the <laughs> for the WWE Heavyweight Championship. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah, that was a heck of an endorsement. I guess so. Well, now I'm going to say he's my least favorite main eventer because – my gosh, <laughs> like I liked him at the time when I said he's my favorite jobber. I liked him because he and for anyone who's listening who may not be familiar with a wrestling lingo, a jobber is somebody who just loses. They do the job, quote unquote. They go in, they lay down, they make their money and they that's it. That's what Jinder Mahal used to be. And um, but he was trying. It seemed like he was really, really trying. He was trying to get better. He was bulked up and, uh, you know. Not that that means a lot, but means something. He's he's trying to look the part, and he, you know, he was like, um, he was calling himself at the time hard body Mahal or something like that, <laughs> and then he became <laughs> world champion for some unknown reason and it failed miserably, and now he's in this match and he's falling down when he shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he he totally doesn't belong here, but I mean, personally, I feel good for the guy. I think, you know, it's cool to see him getting uh, his chance, and I don't know. Yeah, I don't really get it, but good for him, I guess. I guess good for him. Like, milk it while you can, but um, I think the gender experiment should be done. Um, You know, he's he's better than great Kali. I'll give him that. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he can actually walk. He can so actually walk. He can he can speak some English. Yeah, he can speak English. He's a native English speaker. You know, 
It's not like, yeah. I don't know, but th- just that one spot with the whisper in the wind from Jeff and he missed him by a good five feet yet gender fell down anyway. Yeah, that was Man. terrible. It was really, really, really bad. So, so at the beginning of this match, one thing that I noted, you know, uh, Jeff Hardy and Matt Hardy are, are totally separated now, but they've got, uh, Jeff Hardy coming out to the, you know, the old school Hardy boy, Hardy mm-hmm. boys music kind of makes me miss. I don't know if you remember his, uh, solo music called, uh, no more words. I don't know who performed it, but I think they should bring that back. It was pretty cool. You know, it was when he was yeah, a world champion. I remember that. At first Crazy. I was thinking about his music from TNA, which I would never want to hear again. <laughs> no. Yeah. The Jeff Hardy originals he used yeah. to do in TNA. I think that uh, I hope those have been wiped from the internet, but those are pretty bad. Yeah, those are really bad. No, I agree. Uh, Jeff Hardy and and something else we didn't we didn't say the the match that Matt and uh, Bray won was for the Raw Tag Team Championships, uh, which oh, was yeah. I the well, I guess technically the only title that changed hands. Yeah, and it was kind of um, you know foregone conclusion because the other guys in the match, Sheamus and Cesaro, they're on SmackDown now, so yeah, and they weren't winning the wrong titles. Um, all right, well let's jump jump forward, and um, yeah. uh, before we go, I have a, a a couple observations on this one. I didn't oh. get to number one if. Jeff Hardy doesn't have a Jinko sponsorship by now, then he's not. Uh, even he's trying. missed out on 30 years this of dude, money if he doesn't. Yeah. He he could have been rolling in some Laffy Taffies or whatever they pay their employees with at Jinko. <laughs> he loves it. Um also I think, you know, with Jeff Hardy being the uh Steve O of the WWE. It's amazing that he can still do a swanton. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the Steve-O of WWE. I mean, this dude, he's only like 30-something, but he's hes probably put about 60 years on his body yeah. at this point. That's, that's like physical punishment and drugs. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he should not be able to do a swanton bomb. He shouldn't be able to do... I don't know anything in the in the ring. He should just be. I mean, I'm 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 glad that he can still do everything that he can do, and he does it really well. Um, I just, yeah, I'm also amazed. But yeah, that's a great point about the Jinkos. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. So, did you have anything else on that match? No, I'm ready to go to the backstage interview segments. Did you have any notes on those? Um, they were. It was cool. the The Jericho segment, you mean? Yeah, there was a Jericho segment and a Daniel Bryan yeah. segment. Um, I I didn't take away anything from Daniel Bryan. I mean, huh, sure. it's cool to see him there. Uh, I don't know that the crowd cared, but when Jericho was introduced the crowd could not have cared less. It was like they were already at their prayer inter- intermission or something. Like it was the quietest stadium I've ever yeah, heard. Especially in my life. for Jericho, who was 
electric in the states. Yeah, and in Japan and, and probably like many other countries, but Jericho was there and he teased bringing out the list and then when he told uh the interviewer guy that he just made the list, like I popped for that. And uh yeah, there was a mild reaction. Yeah, he even called Kevin Owens a stupid idiot. Yeah, he did. That was pretty I funny. I love that he says stupid idiot because that's for a long time been one of my favorite I just think that's a funny thing for an adult person to say. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, the ultimate insult. In um, yeah, so I, I agree with you. The, the the backstage segments left something to be desired. The then they threw the panel in there. That was weird. Uh, you know, not so sold on yeah. on the panel in the middle of a show. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I think that they actually did do the panel in the middle of the show because uh, Saudi Arabia has like a a, a like a yeah. prayer time like they actually you know set aside time for for prayer so i guess that's i'm what sure they it is. That way. it's just it, it just comes across awkward um but you know yeah it was uh, awkward but uh let, let's jump ahead um next match was also for the smackdown uh or for, for tag team titles but there was smackdown tag team titles you had uh the uso brothers <laughs> the Usos, not the Uso brothers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Uso boys. Uh, but they took on the Bludgeon Brothers, which uh, I know a lot of people kind of hate on Bludgeon Brothers. Dumb name, the Carried the Hammers. I think they're kind of awesome. Yeah, they're pretty cool. Their costumes look. Well, yeah, they look bad, like Kane but, uh, from 99. But, yeah. yeah. Like he never washed yeah, his gear. And ripped it up for some reason. <laughs> you know, um, I, I've always kind of disliked the Usos. They've really grown mm-hmm. on me lately. Um, I mean, they're undeniably good. I don't care for their mic skills, but no. um, but they're pretty good. I mean, they, they get the crowd behind them. But one thing uh, I did notice about this match is, uh, you know, not a fan of the um, some of the things I've heard about the nation of Saudi Arabia and the fact that none of the women competed on this yeah. show uh, because they w- weren't exactly welcomed to do that. But one positive we can take away from that, we didn't have to see or hear Naomi. <laughs> you don't feel the glow, huh? You're not a big fan of the Naomi? No, I can't see I, – I just see Doink the Clown whenever I see her out there, and I know that she's probably, like, very nice and cool, mm-hmm. and she could probably, like, um, you know, run circles around most regular athletes. She's athletic, whatever. I don't want to see her. Yeah. I uh, I don't blame you on that one. Yeah, Naomi's she's kind of dry toast at this point. You know, she had her moment. I, I was I was on the Naomi train for a minute. Um, I like I don't really care for Eric Rowan that much. He's growing on me, but Luke Harper is is really really good, especially for a huge monster like he is. Um, he's just a really good wrestler, and the the Usos 
I agree. They grew on me. I could not stand them as as baby faces back in the day, but as heels, they've really uh, they've grown on me a lot. Um, but I'll tell you, John Cressup, friend of the show, who will be on an episode at some point. Um, he and I were talking during WrestleMania, and uh, he pointed out that the Usos just do so many super kicks all the time. Yeah. And it's true. They do. Like that's, that's probably 95% of their offense, super kicks. And if it's not a super kick, then it's a double kick to the head for in the, in the rope, you know, in the ropes or whatever. Um, you know, whatever kicks are fine, but it, it is funny that that's mostly what they do. But I guess at least yeah. they don't do like last things I have and, and do stink faces. Harper has gotten in pretty good shape. Talked about that a little bit. He's but he's got a good look, and uh, you can tell he's really been putting in some time in the gym. Uh, Rowan, on the other hand, looks like uh, Fivel from Fivel Goes West. <laughs> fell into a bucket of human growth hormone, and this is what came out. <laughs> he is like, not only does he look sloppy, but he is he works sloppy. Yeah, I think yeah. that guy sucks. Yeah, he's not so good, but uh, but Harper Harper helps. I heard that he's an awesome guitarist. So, yeah, well, that's that's, cool. that means a lot to, in wrestling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh all right um well let's see here let's jump ahead to the intercontinental title four-way ladder match well uh, here you have the champion seth rollins taking on the miz and samoa joe and finn balor so thought it was pretty interesting first off that miz got pyro that was pretty random. Yeah, that's a that's a good observation. I didn't notice that. But one thing I did think is that it's crazy out of all these guys, all this talent in the ring, uh, The Miz is the one that I care about the most. <laughs> yeah, I know. I, I kind of agree. Uh, Rollins has been – I like Seth Rollins, but I'm kind of done over Seth Rollins. Uh, these days, especially, uh, you know, Finn Balor, same. I feel like they just keep squandering the guy. Like, he could be a really good w- uh, with a with a group, um, which I feel like they want to do, but then they don't want to do. And I don't quite get what they're what where they're going with Finn Balor. Um, right. Samoa Joe. I so, want Samoa uh, Joe in the world title picture, not the Intercontinental. Yeah. That's a that's a good point, and he's on SmackDown now, so world title picture over there looks pretty good. AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, you add Samoa Joe, that would be an insane main event scene. Yeah, I agree. Um, so just a couple small little observations. Uh, actually, from here on out for the pay-per-view, my notes got less and less because it was five hours long, <laughs> you know? But yeah, it was a pretty exhausting show. Yeah, but but one thing I d- I did notice and wanted to uh, point out: every time I see Finn Balor hit that coup de gras, like how do you how do you do that and not hurt someone? <laughs> you know? Yeah, 
I think he just hurt him. I don't know. Good thing he's small. Yeah, good thing he weighs 112 pounds. Yeah. Speaking of, one of my notes is that uh, Finn Balor looks like one of the aliens off Space Jam before they became the Monstars. <laughs> and can I say something about Finn Balor too? People like, yeah. people really like that demon thing. I think it looks so dumb. Yeah. I'm not cool. I'm not totally on board with the demon. I, I'm okay with the paint, but what's up with the fake, like, uh, furry dreads? Yeah. 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 I'm not, I'm not sure. Uh, maybe one of those things where you, you kind of had to see it in Japan or something. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe look better in Tokyo dome. I don't know, but here it just kind of looks, oh. it just looks silly. I could see him trying to do that against triple H back in the, early 2000s and Triple H just laughing at him. <laughs> yeah, he could maybe pull that off at the Matt Hardy compound, but that's about it. <laughs> yeah. It's a little goofy. Um yeah, like I said, I don't have a whole lot to say. Uh I felt like it was a it was a fun match. It was it was nothing crazy exciting. Again, this kind of felt like a house show match. Uh you yeah. know, for it to be a four-way ladder match with really good wrestlers, like every one of these guys is good. Um, it just kind of seemed a little bland. Uh, the ending spot was cool. Rollins. I agree. It all kind of ran together for me until the very end. I thought that was pretty awesome. Yeah. Rollins is a super athletic guy too. And every time I see him do stuff like springboarding onto a ladder, uh, or just doing any kind of jump, it makes me cringe because I know he, you know, messed his, his knees up so bad. Uh, you know, the fact he can still do that stuff is pretty awesome. He's a really good guy, a really good wrestler. Right. And uh, the takeaway I had from the ending of this match where Rollins springboarded onto that ladder and actually won, that's basically what Shelton Benjamin's been trying to do for his entire career. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Seth Rollins just lived his dream for what him. If, what if this year at the Royal Rumble – Seth Rollins gets thrown out of the ring, but he lands on a chair and pogo's his way around the ring, back into the ring, and then wins. That would make Kofi so mad. <laughs> yeah, that w- he should just start stealing people's dreams. That should be his new gimmick. <laughs> yeah, and then maybe he could beat Brock Lesnar at Mania and get the world title. <laughs> yeah, just make uh, he can kick out of thirteen uh, suplexes. Yeah, and F fives. Yeah, I like that. I'm cool with that. All right. Yeah, I'm pretty done with this match. I mean, it was good. Same here. I was tired at this point whenever I was watching it. I had to watch it on delay. Me too, Uh, because it happened in the middle of the work day. Like, I get it. I saw a lot of tweets about that, and people from the U.K. and countries are like, no, you Americans get to see what it's like for us. Yeah, I guess, but still sucks. At yeah. 11, 11 a.m. pay-per-view. Um, well, we'll let's uh, let's keep going and we'll uh, we'll speed it up a little bit because we still have what, four more matches to talk about, three or four more matches to talk about. So we'll just kind of breeze past um, unless you have anything uh, good to say about these little clips in between i know there was a thing with davari and all that 
oh yeah, the Saudi guys and the uh, Davari brothers don't really have. Uh, actually, my note about that segment just says skip. Okay, perfect. Because I did, now, don't have anything about that segment. I do have one thing before we get into the next match. Did you see the news that um, this is the first show in part of a 10-year agreement that the WWE has made with Saudi Arabia? Yeah. So that means more network specials are on the way. Yeah, I did see that. So so next we'll have the greatest WrestleMania. Yeah, and uh, we'll, have, yeah, we'll have greatest WrestleMania coming up soon. And uh, I've actually got this is a uh, uh, a let me tell you something brother exclusive. Oh. I have the rumored list of the next five uh, network specials coming from Saudi Arabia. Oh my gosh! Breaking news. Um, okay, well yeah, why not? Just go for it. Okay, so uh, like I said, it's a ten year agreement. So the the last show that they're scheduled for will be in uh, 2028. And by that time, I think it's probably safe to say that uh, the McMahon family might have heard the word lit. So we're going to have the Littest Royal Rumble coming up. Okay. Special musical guest, uh, P. Diddy. Oh, man, that's super lit. Uh, number four um, on my list, you know, this, um, this November, they've confirmed that uh, there's going to be a network special from Saudi Arabia. So uh, that was rumored to be called the warmest survivor series. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, and uh, number three on my list, while we're, um, while we're doing these shows, uh, I don't know if you noticed during the greatest Royal rumble, but the theme song was performed by Godsmack. Oh yeah. Yeah. Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. That song was uh, incredibly bad. Yeah, so apparently Godsmack is pretty new to Saudi Arabia. They've never heard that man before. So WWE made sure to play it about a hundred times for him. So uh on our on one of our future shows from Saudi Arabia, they're actually gonna have a Battle of the Bands Fatal Four Way. Oh. Um this will be a career extending match. The winner gets to perform in Saudi Arabia for the rest of their careers. Oh. We're gonna have Godsmack, Papa Roach. Saliva and puddle of mud. Oh, wow! Yeah, those are all. So, uh, those are all uh, top tier, right there. Um, shouldn't they be Allah Smack in Saudi Arabia? <laughs> yeah, I think maybe it should be. Okay. They'll change that pretty soon. Man, it's pretty okay, cool uh, that you got all this uh, inside scoop. What what else is on the list? So uh, number two, you know. Uh, this is a pretty long agreement. It's 10 years, so they can't all be home runs. So pretty soon we're going to have the greatest fast lane coming up. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Vroom, vroom cars. And uh, and number one, this is going to be pretty huge for the uh, the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. You know, uh, I don't know if you saw the propaganda pieces. I mean, the uh, profiles of the country that they played throughout this show. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they're going for a more diverse uh, culture in Saudi Arabia. So uh, exclusive to the WWE network, they're going to have a uh, basic human rights on a pole match. So wow. we're going to see Bailey take on Brock Lesnar winner 
if uh, Bailey wins, then women will have basic civil rights throughout the country. If Brock Lesnar wins, Bailey will be stoned to death for being a prostitute. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds fair. I thought you were going to say if Brock Lesnar wins, Bailey just dies. Well, I mean, that may happen. Because she'll probably just die. Yeah. Bailey. <laughs> so that was it. So uh, you're welcome for that exclusive. I'm sure that'll be uh, lighting the internet on fire here in a few days. Yeah, that'll be on WrestleZone, I'm sure. Uncredited and, and you know, they'll they'll say that one of their suit wearing doofuses made it up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Well, let's skip ahead. Um, Match number seven on the card is um, the phenomenal one. AJ Styles uh, versus the artist Shinsuke Nakamura. Uh, That's a dumb nickname, by the way, the artist, but um, this is for the WWE championship. Uh, a rematch from WrestleMania. And uh, I am going to say that despite the finish being, you know, a, a double count out, uh, this is overall, it was more of an entertaining match than the Mania one, in my opinion. Yeah. I think you're right. And I also think that this was like my favorite match to watch on the show, which was not the case at WrestleMania between these two. It's kind of surprising. But yeah, I thought. This was a pretty good fight, and, and I liked it. Yeah, in, in retrospect, I, I, I see this match, and I realize that the Mania match had to happen the way it did. It just it just had to. I mean, it, I guess it could have been better here or there. Maybe they should have done that match at Rumble or something and built up to a WrestleMania heel Nakamura versus babyface styles. I don't know. But... um. That's armchair booking, but it, 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 this was a good match. This was a lot of fun to watch. Like you said, it was my, the, the match that I was most um, skeptical about going in, but coming out of it definitely gave me the most uh, bang for my buck here. Um, seems like the, the Saudi Arabia crowd was okay with it, despite, you know, I don't know what their opinion is of people from Japan. <laughs> But, yeah, they seem to be uh, cool with it. Now, I'll say this. Nakamura, since he's turned heel. um, Now, I've always liked Nakamura. I watched their match from New Japan, uh, AJ versus Shinsuke back in, I guess, was it 2014 or something? Um, And, uh, I mean, that was a great match. So I had big expectations. And I saw some other stuff from Nakamura where he was um, playing the heel. He's a really good heel. Like, I really hate him now. Yeah, I really like how he's just cranked the weirdness all the way up. He is just the strangest dude out there. But, I, I mean, it really works. I like it. Me too, yeah. And when you sent me, you sent me a video of his new theme song before I had seen it on TV. I didn't know that was a thing, but that's pretty weird too. <laughs> yeah, it fits with his character. It does. Um, had another. You were talking about the crowd being pretty into this match, and that's true. But some of the crowd uh-huh. really was distracting. The adult men 
on the uh, floor level. At some point in this match, these people were standing up. They were walking all over the place. They were just like, you know, there was so much commotion going on just right in the view of the camera that they actually had to change the camera angles away from the crowd. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it, I, I wrote that down earlier about the the crowd, and because I don't understand, there's a lot of people. Um, and, and, you know, I, we've been joking about the Saudi Arabian stuff, but you know, I don't want to be insensitive to their culture or anything. I don't know what the um, significance is of wearing the white robes and then the plaid red headdresses, but there are a lot of people wearing that. Um, and some of them had their backs turned to the ring. And I wasn't sure if those were like security guards like we would have here in the States. They just happened to be wearing the exact same clothes as people in the audience. Not real sure what's going on there. But uh, yeah, I was a little distracted by the crowd throughout the night for, for that reason. You know, you had a lot of people who just didn't who were not paying attention at all to the show. Yeah. To me, in this match, those guys you're talking about in the white robes, the the headdresses like I seriously thought that maybe Aladdin had stuck in there and stolen an apple and they were looking for him because they were all over the place. He probably stuck it in one of those couches. They didn't think to look in the cushions though. Maybe I'm surprised they weren't tearing them apart because they were doing everything else to find it. (laughs) Well, they couldn't bring their, their swords inside. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, we agreed. That was a good match. I'm going to speed us along because we're uh, rapidly reaching uh, an hour-ish or so, probably a little more. This will be a longer episode, but hey, we're condensing five hours of pay-per-view into you know an hour or so. So give us a little bit of leeway here. Um, but next up was a match I didn't think was going to happen. I thought it was, and I didn't, and then I did again. <laughs> but that's um, Undertaker versus Rusev. Uh, Undertaker looking more and more like his gimmick, the dead man. That come on, man. Like, okay, so growing up, I thought Undertaker was 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 cool. Um, I thought the you know biker Taker was kind of lame, but you know whatever. Came back as regular Taker, put on really good matches. I think he should have retired a while back, probably after the Brock loss. Maybe even a year or two before that. I don't know. Uh, but despite all that, he still comes back and does matches here and there. The match with Cena at Mania, I mean, he looked fine in it. But then again, it was the squash that was like four minutes long. Um, this one, I thought he looked fine. Um, you know, he's. It, it was definitely more entertaining. I give a lot of that to Rusev. Rusev's such a good over-the-top character. And uh, Aiden English... I mean, Aiden English, again, has gone from being a guy that I did not care anything about a while back to a guy that I think is awesome now. Um, I don't know. I enjoyed this match a lot more than I thought I would. Not as much as Nakamura and AJ, but but it was fun. For what it was, it was a fun little match. Yeah, I'm totally with you on this one. Uh, I only had a couple notes on this. Uh, I said, you know, as far as the match goes with you know the undertaker at his age you know it was what we thought it would be a lot of stalling a lot of uh shenanigans and rusev was super good at this match i always like it when the 
the heel in the casket match, you know, is spooked by the casket. Seen that a couple of times. Rusev pulled that off really well. He didn't want to go anywhere near the casket. And then he ended up in it anyway. Yeah. Uh, Aiden English, uh, this had to be the highlight of his life to get thrown into a casket by the Undertaker. So yeah. good for him. I agree. And, you know, Rusev, he could fit in so well in pretty much any era, I think. I could see him being a great Hogan uh, opponent. I could see him being a really good opponent for, um, you know, The Rock or Stone Cold in the 90s. Um, Cena, obviously, he's been a good opponent for Cena. Uh, Rusev is criminally underrated, I think. So I, I'm really glad to see that he got this this little spot with the taker. Despite, you know, getting buried in a casket, it's still a good spot to be in. Um, to Roman and Brock. Yeah, if we have to. Um, so my thought before this match started was that, or before this pay per view even happened, I thought the whole point was, all right, they boo him so bad in America, let's get him in a different country and put that belt on him where he won't get booed out of the building. Uh, that didn't happen. I'm so shocked. Yeah, I thought the same thing, and I think it. I guess that clearly indicates that Roman's not their guy. I guess I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of feels still open to another match. Which I mean, I don't want another match, but I yeah, don't know. I don't either. I've been kind of been of the opinion with Roman that uh, okay, eventually he's going to be the champion so just just put it on him and let's move on and that didn't happen here exactly i don't know he he needs a better a better heel opponent to be uh you know chasing because um i i like brock i know you and i have talked before and you've told me that you know you're a little bit sick of the whole brock lesnar thing and i get that but i mean i still like the guy i think he puts on i mean i still watch for him a lot of times, but uh, I don't know. I'm a little bit uh, annoyed at this point. Uh, I would like, I would prefer to see a champion who's, who's there. Uh, don't really want yeah. it to be Roman. I'm just not, uh, I I'm completely over the Roman Reigns thing. Now I could turn around on that because, you know, the right things can be done. He just, you know, this is not the path to take with the guy because people are not buying it. You know, yeah. The I share the same thoughts. I, my biggest gripe about Brock Lesnar is that you know he's not around very much, so we we just kind of you know rather see a universal champion that's actually there on the shows. Yeah, and and I'll say, you know, honestly, I don't blame Brock for not being there. Uh, you know, that's WWE's thing. They gave him that contract. That's not his fault. Um, I mean, I've never thought Brock was, you know, sold on the the wrestling business, quote unquote, anyway, but he's a smart business guy. So I don't, I don't fault him at all for not being, um, part of it, but I don't know. I'm just ready for this to be done. Ready for, you know, Brock can just give up the title and go back to UFC or retire and they can do tournament, put it on Roman something. I don't know. Something's got to change, though. 
Yeah, I'm with you. Well, I don't have very many <laughs> notes on this one. Uh, yeah. I did note that their uh, their intros made them look major. You know, they were obviously uh, went all out with the the introductions for both of these guys. Yeah. One um, I did note uh, perk of this being a cage match is that it blocked the view of the crowd, so I couldn't see the people walking around and checking the couch cushions the whole time. Yeah. Um, five minutes into the match, I noticed that Brock Lesnar was completely purple and kind of looked like Thanos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brock's a weird guy. Yeah. Like I can't tell if he is an amazing athlete or if he's on the verge of death. Yeah, no, I agree with that. <laughs> he's he's somewhere on the spectrum, but it's weird. <laughs> My only other uh, notes on this were with the finish. Did you have anything to, to say before we get there? No, go for it. So, um, I mean, okay, the finish of the match, Roman spears Brock. They go through the uh, side of the cage. It totally... Uh, falls apart and they both land on the floor, which, you know, many of the listeners are not familiar with a cage match. First person whose feet touch the floor win the match. They said it over and over in this match. Roman Reigns feet visibly touch the floor in front of the referee and they declared Brock the winner. And it was like, I don't know how they executed that so badly. <laughs> I'm not sure you know, it, it just doesn't make sense. It seems like at that point you pretty much have to go with giving the, the belt to Roman, which I guess they're going to turn it into some kind of controversy storyline maybe, but it makes your referee look like a total idiot. Yeah. And also uh, when they showed the replay of Roman spearing Brock through the um, through the cage, you could just see the zip ties flying that were like barely holding the cage up, (laughs) you know, a trick wall. It's kind of funny. You don't always see behind the, um, you know, you don't always see behind the curtain like that, but you could totally see how they gimmicked it up. Oh yeah. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, you don't see that very often They're They're normally pretty, pretty on top of things with, with that kind of stuff, but I guess we'll give them the, Benefit of the doubt because they were halfway across the world. Um, well, I'll tell you what, if if we're done with that match, let's just jump right into the 50-man uh, greatest Royal Rumble match. You know, there's spots on here that I know we're going to touch on, so I'm not going to jump into anything specific right away. I will say it was very cool to see a 50-man Royal Rumble. That's a really cool idea really neat thing to do and special thing to do in a, in a new area that you're trying to, um, to build your, your company and your fan base. But one thing I do not get, why would you give away all of your surprise entrance before the match even starts? Like, yeah, I don't get that. I don't know. I couldn't avoid the spoilers. I, I saw it online. Everybody who was, supposed to be in the match as as a surprise like it, it was just all revealed yeah i think wwe app like, whoever runs the wwe app like they were sending out push notifications they couldn't get these things out quick enough 
Yeah, I think the only one that surprised me was Hornswoggle. Somehow I missed that he was going to be in the match. Whatever. I don't, you know, that doesn't mean much. <laughs> I don't know. It was weird. Um, I tell you what, since it is such a big, huge match, let's just jump through a couple a couple spots that, that we have to touch on and uh, and then just sort of wrap up the show from there. Uh, I'll go ahead and let you okay. go first. Yeah, I was just going to uh, pick through a handful of the, the top, say, 20 guys that came in. And, uh, you know, number one, we had Daniel Bryan come out, which was awesome. I mean, I, I'm a huge fan. Anytime I get to see Daniel Bryan from here on out, I mean, it's going to be great. Me too. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan hasn't had the best luck in Royal Rumbles. Uh, they were really building this up like – it would be a miraculous win for Daniel Bryan. So um, I wasn't really sure what to expect, but anyway, I thought it was great that they had Bryan and Ziggler in there. Both of those guys lasted for a really long time and they both looked like major guys. Yeah. And then when number three came out and he was, and it was Sin Cara, <laughs> that's when we started the, freaking jabroni train and there were so many low budget dudes in this match i couldn't even comprehend it <laughs> i know i know um yeah because you follow him up with i think curtis axel yeah it's like okay this guy i don't know how he still has a job a i think the miz helped him stay on plus wwe just doesn't really fire people anymore <laughs> um yeah you know, and then Mark Henry came out there. That he could cool. barely even make it to the ring. Yeah. The dude is retired for good reason. I mean, I like Mark Henry, and it was cool. Funny thing about Mark Henry coming out, though, the crowd, they were really getting into his music. It was like the first time they ever heard 3-6 Mafia or something, and they loved it. 3-6 Mafia should go tour in Saudi Arabia. They should. But, they do. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I would not go, obviously, but it would be kind of neat. Um, and then we had Mike Canellis. Yeah, Mike Canellis signing. That was uh what he last like uh two or three seconds. Yeah, pretty much. Um why is he even there? I don't know. Um I'm gonna skip ahead. Uh I, I'm really I I'm gonna agree with you. I am so glad that Daniel Bryan was there and had a good showing. You know, even not if you don't win, it can still be a good showing. It's different than when he was in the Rumble a few years ago after his big comeback and lost to, you know, for no apparent. No, no, he wasn't even in the Rumble, was he? That's no, right. That was the was. year he didn't even make it in the Rumble. Roman won, and they threw Daniel Bryan in a match with Roman to just get beat. That's right. Why, that's why people really started hating Roman. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, all right. To to continue on the jobber train and speed this along, we had Victor of the Ascension. Uh, didn't know he was still there. Um, let's see. You had Tony Nice. Okay, cool. Um, Hornswoggle at some point came in. Whatever. And a primo sighting. Oh yeah, Primo. Good for him. Primo. Primo looked like garbage to me. And and I like that guy. I think he he seems like he's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. He had 
the lamest ring music. He walked out there. Uh, nobody knew who he was. He immediately blew whatever spot he was trying to do. <laughs> yeah. And then he just kind of existed in the match for a few more minutes till he mercifully was tossed. <laughs> mercifully is the key word there. Um, you had Bo Dallas oh, comes skipped. out. What's that? Oh, we skipped over a guy. Uh, what do you think about Hiroki Sumi? Oh, yeah. I thought that was kind of cool. Sumo wrestler I guy. That dude looks like he was made for impact wrestling. <laughs> that guy looked like the biggest jabroni I've ever seen in my life. He looked like Yokozuna's turd. <laughs> well, it's kind of cool to see people out of the norm. So I guess I guess maybe that's what struck me about it because he I didn't know who he was. So I, I guess if I'm really thinking about it, it was kind of like in the women's rumble when you had the tall woman who was wearing all orange. I don't even remember what her name was. It was that kind of thing. Trained by the great Kali. Just, you know, whatever. Useless. You know, they're not going to win, but they're there. All right. It derailed us. We're about to get to Kurt Angle, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt comes out. That was neat. That was a cool entrance. Uh, I think, yeah, Bo Dallas before that, Kurt Angle. Um, I know that you and I have talked about this and I'm not going to harp on it for long. But the you suck chance, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think they're kind of counterintuitive, especially when Kurt doesn't point to his opponents to say you suck. He just points somewhere. That's true. It, just, it is pretty fun, though, when you're there in the crowd and you're saying it. It's just kind of a fun thing to say. I guess so. It's more of a live event type thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and we had Goldust in there. Yeah, that's right. I was glad to see him. I mean, he obviously—I don't think he eliminated anybody, but uh, I always like to see Goldust. Yeah, same here. I really like Goldust. Um, let's see who came. I'm surprised in. he actually like made it to Saudi Arabia and wasn't arrested for being bizarre. <laughs> it's a nice way to put it. Yeah, same here. The bizarre one. Man, what about? What about Elias? Yeah, Elias. That dude major league in this thing. I love Elias. Like, he eliminated five or six guys, but he was in there for a long time. He was in there for over half an hour, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And, yeah, he looked like a total star coming out there. I like that dude. He was the Michelle McCool of this match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> Elias was the Michelle McCool. Put that down, uh, Russell Zone, when you rip us off. Um, <laughs> so let's see who came out after that. Uh, yeah, Elias even threw out Angle. I forgot about that. I'm just reading. Uh, I, I, I'm cheating here. I'll, I'll say that I pulled up a results page because I'm like, there's so many people on this match, 50 to be exact, that I don't remember most of this stuff. <laughs> nice. Um, I'm looking at prowrestling.net, not WrestleZone. <laughs> yeah, Elias tossed out Angle. Um. Yeah. Good for Elias. Elias is good. I. I. I'm buying in on the Elias character. I like him. Um. Yeah, same here. Let's see. I'm gonna skip ahead a few because we're only halfway into it. Uh, Bobby Roode. I'm so glad Roode is here on WWE, doing it, doing well. Um. Even though he threw out Goldie. 
I agree. Now, I did have a couple notes on some other guys before Bobby Roode, oh. but yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on Bobby Roode. He uh, he looks pretty good. I think he lasted for a while, and uh, you know they positioned him during the superstar shakeup. They had him come out in the main event of Raw, and since then he's just been uh, spotlighted as one of their top guys. Yeah, pretty neat. It is cool. Uh, go ahead. Who who did you want to touch on that I skipped? Okay, uh, so first of all, we have Tucker Knight, who is in the tag team Heavy Machinery in NXT, apparently. (laughs) That guy right there did not impress me at all. I saw that guy and thought, okay, I feel like I'm watching, uh, like, Velocity or something. (laughs) This dude looked like if Adam Bomb ate Duke the Dumpster Drossy and – then try to go out there and wrestle. Yeah, that's not a good combination. Similarly, we had Rhino come in at number 22, and uh, Rhino looks like if Chad Gable had his own balloon in the Macy's Thanksgiving Parade. <laughs> yeah. hey, like People used to say Rhino was barrel-chested. Now he's just like barrel-bodied. He's just all the way around the exact same size. He's like the Kool-Aid yeah. man, except he's not red. <laughs> he looks like he belongs in Donkey Kong country. <laughs> yeah, he looks like you throw him to get Diddy Kong. Yeah. <laughs> oh All right. Um, Mojo Raleigh was out there. Um, I guess I skipped over some key guys, but uh, Byron Saxton noted on commentary that Mojo Raleigh's parents got engaged in Saudi Arabia, so... Remember that for trivia night. <laughs> trivia in hell. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You skipped over uh, Ray Mysterio. Okay. Oh yeah. That guy. Yeah. Um, AKA wannabe Kalisto. Yeah. He was out there in his green outfit. He kind of looked like the shape of water to me, but. <laughs> uh, What's that? I said it was cool to see him back. And now that I'm thinking about this, I actually had an opportunity a few months ago to see him in Memphis. They had a Lucha Libre show mm-hmm. going on, and I didn't go. I kind of wish I had. That would have been cool. Um, all right, to speed things along a little bit, Yeah, you got Randy Orton coming in at number 35. Uh, some NXT guys. Number 34, you had Roderick Strong come in there. Yeah. I saw him come out, and I thought, okay, who gives a crap about this dude? He was good. Yeah, he is. He's he's good. He is very good. I like I like Roderick Strong, too. Um, I think he tossed Rhino. Um, then you had number 38, uh, Baron Corbin, who they're yeah. still trying to make a thing. Um, but I'm not going to waste any more time on Baron Corbin because what happened next was the thing that everybody saw a million bajillion times. Uh, yeah, Titus. The highlight of the show for sure. Oh my god, that was amazing. <laughs> yeah, he's the new Shockmaster for sure. <laughs> he he definitely is. Um, yeah, I think he thought Hornswoggle was still under the ring. <laughs> that was so bad. Uh, yeah, somebody uh, actually somebody Jason Powell on ProWrestling.net right here just wrote. Uh, you know they played that over and over because Vince McMahon was loving it. <laughs> yeah, and he should have. That's the funniest thing that could have happened. I agree. And don't you know 
that they're going to be doing that on WWE TV mm-hmm. over and over. Hey, Titus, fall down. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure that they did on Raw, and I'm pretty sure they also have a T-shirt about it already. Oh my gosh, I did not. Uh, I didn't watch any of that this week. Um, I'll have to watch to see that. All right, yeah, I think I saw a tweet. Oh, okay. Um, worth noting that Daniel Bryan's still in the match, hanging in there. Um, let's see, just real fast, rapid fire. You got. Bobby Lashley coming in. Um, after him, you have Great Khali. So it's 2009 all over again. Oh, we glossed over Braun Strowman. That guy came in. Oh, yeah, Braun Strowman. Yeah, he's he's kind of important. Braun Strowman comes in and starts uh, wrecking things. Owens makes his way. Let's see. Shane O'Mac. Yeah, that was a pretty cool... Uh, Having Shane in there. I agree. I, I like Shane, even though he's really sloppy. I do like Shane. Yeah, he did his um, coast-to-coast thing. I don't remember who he kicked with it, but that was a pretty awesome spot. Yeah, no, I agree. That's really cool. Um, let's see. Um, Big Cass, a.k.a. Edge, yeah. merged with Test. <laughs> don't really care for um, Big Cass. Yeah. Whatever. It's fine. He's there. Trying to look over my notes now. Um I think I had something about Big Cass. Oh yeah, you know, he just came back from an injury recently. Yeah. Um did you hear about what Big Cass had to wear with his recent injury? What's that? A big cast. <laughs> oh my god. All right, Norm. <laughs> Good one. A couple of things I wanted to point out also in my notes. Uh, Did you see Daniel Bryan's chest when he was getting slapped around? I I noted that it looked like uh, John B. McLemore's tattoos on his back. It did. That was super sore looking. I was not a fan of that. Poor DB. (laughs) Uh, Shane McMahon, he was giving out the softest looking punches in the biz. I don't know if you noticed, but when Shane does his rapid fire punches, it really looks like he's just like playing with his kids. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, Shane's good for one thing, and that's like falling off of high stuff. And other than that, he's he's just there. I like Shane O'Mac, but you know, it's about time to yeah, you know, I don't know, learn how to throw a punch. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. And uh, I think this was around the number 49 or 50 spot. I noted uh, it's about time for Roman Reigns to come out here and toss out Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And then uh, hurt him so he can't wrestle ever again. But instead, <laughs> but of we course, got, with number 50. Yeah. The Ayatollah of Rock and Roll. That's right. Chris Jericho, who I'm mad at right now because he's a Winnipeg Jets fan and I'm a Nashville Predators fan. But I do love Jericho. I notice he's like desperately trying to get Carrie Underwood to tweet at him about it. He really is. It's just not happening. Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> I think she uh, uh, probably doesn't know who he is, for one thing. Probably not. Um, but, yeah, Jericho comes in. That was kind of neat. I, I love Jericho. Um, kind of hated that Cass eliminated Daniel. 
Brian, but at the same time, I know they have a feud going on. Yeah, I really thought that maybe Daniel would, uh, that Daniel Bryan would win the match and then Cass would be the guy to destroy the trophy. Yeah. But so that didn't happen. Um, Notice that Sami Zayn was not there. Yeah. You know, that was a glaring omission. Uh, Since since then, I've heard that there was some storyline reason why he wasn't there, but I, I totally missed that. Yeah, same here. That's weird. Yeah, that's true. I noticed he wasn't in the match. That's kind of kind of odd not to see him with with Kevin. But I guess let's just wrap it right up. Braun Strowman um, won the big match, and he got yeah. a cool looking um, belt, green title <laughs> belt thing. Yeah, it would be no, cool. I if, think the uh, right were nineteen ninety seven, and it was the DX belt. <laughs> yeah, no, I think the right guy won. Braun Strowman is a monster and he should never lose a Royal Rumble. Um yeah. I didn't think the greatest Royal Rumble belt looked cool. I thought it looked like he won it in a bubblicious sweepstakes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it did kind of look <laughs> bubblicious sweepstakes. I like that. Yeah, it was the sour apple belt. Yeah, so for those of you who didn't see this and are actually listening to this, which is probably no one, it was a green belt with like some red lettering on it. It was pretty, uh, uh, it, it looked delicious. Yeah. It looks like it had, it would have flavor for about two minutes. <laughs> right. Uh, probably. Yeah. Google it. Just Google Braun Strowman greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, if you even care. But uh yeah, that was the the event. I think we covered it pretty well. Um like like we said in the beginning, it was sort of a a house show basically. Um just blown up in a different country and in a really cool stadium. Um uh you know, there's the glaring omissions such as no female wrestlers there, um which is kind of odd considering that the WWE is really priding themselves on the women's evolution stuff and you know when you don't have the women there doesn't say a whole lot for your um for your movement but i guess you can only do what you can do uh when you're dealing with a, a country that's still trying to progress um slowly i guess they're trying i don't really know anything about saudi arabia um but Overall, not a bad show. It'll be kind of fun to see those other um, events there, like like you mentioned earlier. I'm really looking forward to the warmest Survivor Series. <laughs> yeah, me too. Well, let me tell you something, brother. It was a lot of fun doing this show with you, and uh, I'm glad you had me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining me. I, I uh, am 100% sure I'll have you on again to talk more um, wrestling stuff. We may go back to the past on some wrestling um, I also want to cover, uh, I, I said earlier too, that, you know, this show is going to cover all sorts of topics. And so, um, we're going to be talking about a lot of things relevant to your interests. I know that I want to do a episode about the Nintendo switch and you are one of the switch owners that I know. So you will be, uh, on that episode if you're open to it and willing. And, uh, Yeah. It's going to be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining my second ever episode and being my first ever co-host, brother.
Sounds good, man. Let's do it. Let's do the Switch episode next. <laughs> All right. We'll be coming up soon. I haven't put the the uh, order out there yet, but that is a very good possibility we'll be next. Um, got some other cool ones in the pipeline that I'll fill you in on, too. But thanks again for joining me, Ben. And uh, thanks for uh, all you contributed. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. We'll see you. All right. Peace.